2020 was the year where everything was shut down. Mm -hmm. Businesses were shut down, malls were shut down, clubs were shut down, you couldn't go to certain places. All of those distractions that force you not to deal with who you are, not to deal with the person that you really didn't like, to really reassess the people around you, your network of individuals, to really start that business or use an excuse not to start that business, to really see how good you were as an educator or how really you weren't really good at you know being able to educate people. All of those different things, I'm sitting still was the perspective that I gained. Because I think I've had a lot of pots on the stove always, but when I started operating in the space of like operating in the one thing, I've really been able to 10X my revenue this year. Welcome to the Uncensored Show with your host, George Atchampal, where we share the mindset, tips, tools, strategies, and stories on how to use your money to do more of what you love and what you were called to do. Money is like gas on a road trip. Sure, you need it to get where you're going, but you're not going on a tour of gas stations. Money fuels your journey. The question is, what's yours? Live life uncensored. What's going on, guys? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Uncensored Podcast. And on today's episode, I really got a chance to sit down with a young man who is a mentee, but more like a little brother who's growing up to be a phenomenal young man. Um, Oftentimes I tell him that there's certain qualities in him that I actually look up to. Uh, He's a phenomenal father. He's a seven time author. And I just love the way that he executes. He's actually going to be Um, One of the catalysts, the main catalyst for making sure that I get my book out to you guys in 2021. So let me tell you the formal bio. Kyle S. King is a father, four-time best-selling author, educational advocate, and founder of the Shine Institute, headquartered in Charlotte, NC. In 2019, he became the youngest school administrator in TMSA Public Charter School District history. Through facing adversity in the field of education, he also founded Blueprint Conferences, an initiative aimed at empowering educators mentally, emotionally, and financially. Kyle left the field in education with the mission to help people around the world magnify their voices and monetize their message. Through his experience transforming people's lives, He's developed a passion for cultivating, developing, and empowering aspiring authors and published authors to leverage digital automated systems in order to turn their book sales on autopilot. You guys are absolutely going to love this episode. Towards the end, he actually gives us some really good game on how to leverage being an author to get those books flying off the shelves. You're not going to want to miss this one. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Uncensored Podcast. Today, we got a special guest on the show. Uh, we got a guy that I've known, uh, seems like for much longer, but I think officially, what is it, two-ish, three-ish years? Three years, bro. Three, three years. Yeah, three three years. Uh, met him at a, the grand opening of, of another firm of a friend of mine who was affiliated with at the time. And you know, one thing led to another and he, he asked me, could we, uh, could I, could I mentor him? And at first I was like, 
no, in my mind. But I was like, <laughs> this guy, he seems like a sharp guy. And we had lunch and I guess arguably the rest is history. So with no further ado, Kyle King, how you doing, man? Man, I'm doing amazing. First, before we even get started, it's a pleasure to be here. I think that, um, you know, I love that you opened up with the, the authenticity at the beginning that I reached out um, for you to be my mentor. And it's a, it's, a, it's a privilege to be sharing, I guess, the stage or the mic with you right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, you know, I think one of the things I can accredit a lot of your growth and success to is your humility and your willingness to, to learn um, and ultimately execute. I think now you're, you're, you're you, well, let me take that back. You're, you've always been an executor, right? You'll, you'll write, how many books you got? Is it six, seven? seven oh, yeah. Eight. So, so you've always been an executor, but your willingness to just receive information and then in your own time, in your own way, um, apply it because you're a leader amongst leaders, right? So for you to even have the a desire to say, hey, let me reach out to this other guy, this other man, because men have a lot of ego typically. Mm -hmm. um, and say, hey, like, I believe there's some value that, you know, you could probably lend to me as a man. Um, one of the things that we, you know, we always said from the very beginning is it's always bigger than business, right? And so, you know, may, maybe there were some things or maybe there are some things that I can always offer you from a business standpoint, but most of our connection is rooted in just manhood and becoming a better human being. And so I just really um, am grateful um, to play a small role in that and just to see your evolution um, here recently. It's, I'm a, very, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a person who can discern well. And even though we haven't talked every day, uh, I can tell that who you are becoming is authentic and, I'm, and it's good to see, so. I appreciate that, brother, appreciate it. All right, so for the shrinking population that does not know who the Kyle King is, tell us a little bit about who you are, man, and what you're all about. Yeah, so before I even get into the actual titles, um, you know, I'm first a man of God, I'm a father for um, a son that's getting ready to turn five on Saturday. Um, Carter, so, who I have yet to see in person. I know, right? It's crazy. <laughs> um, so I'm a seven-time author, uh, entrepreneur, um, and now I'm helping um, aspiring authors and published authors learn how to magnify their voices and stories in order to leveraging digital systems to be successful. Well, um, you got the messaging dialed in, don't you? Woo! Got it. <laughs> got it Talk right. um, and I, I try to stay humble, um, coachable. And, you know, one thing that I, I believe that, you know, George has really been able to help me learn is that better people run better businesses. And, you know, when I became more disciplined as a man, I was able to create a more disciplined and systematic business that have helped me scale and scale other people's businesses as well. I love it, man. I love it. So you mentioned uh, before you got into the titles, you know, man of God, father first, and you are a great dad, um, by the way. And so you became, you're already a young man. So which means that you, if you have a five-year-old, you became a father at a fairly young age. And so my question to you is how did that shape your perspective on, on manhood and just like what life looked like from that point on? Because I, I feel like a lot of your grit, tenacity and determination is is rightfully so is because you have a young man that's looking up to you every single day. So just tell us a little bit about how that shaped your experience and even maybe take us back to when you got the news and how that made you feel and, and, and how that got you to where you are right now. Not for sure. Um, so one thing that I do believe is that there's no success without a successor. And I think a lot of times um, we're so focused on passing down wealth and money. And, you know, you talk about it all the time, 
Um, but one thing that you've taught me and I've just learned, you know, in general is that it's one thing to pass down wealth. It's another thing to pass down integrity. And it's another thing to pass down character and values and morals to being able to sustain your family, not just being able to provide for your family. Um, so I think having a son, you know, when I got the news originally, um, it was, you know, nerve wracking. It was, you know, at the time, disappointing because I felt like I wasn't ready and I wasn't the man that I wanted my son to, um, you know, model after. Mm -hmm. um, but soon it taught me, you know, how to be patient, um, how to not only communicate the things to my son that I would want him to implement, but how do I become the things that I'm communicating to my son? And when I became a better man, in turn, I became a better father, and now I'm able to raise a better son. 100%. Now, thank you for sharing that, because, you know, I know a lot of, there's a lot of people out there, um, particularly men, right, who probably struggle with, you know, identity, right? And it's like, okay, well, I want to show up in this way uh, as a man, but internally, maybe I don't feel like I've arrived yet, or I'm that person yet, and how do I how do I wrestle with that and how do I reconcile with that? So just kind of curious on how that shaped your perspective. Nah, for sure, man. It, I think so four years ago or three years ago, excuse me, when you met me, you know, I was living in a spare bedroom on an air mattress with a one-year-old, bro. You know, and that, that's the story that I don't think a lot of my Instagram followers or, you know, just in general mentees would even know, mm -hmm. you know, so fast forwarding, you know, I, I look, I remember looking at him and, and remembering like, you know, this, my circumstance at the time wasn't going to be my conclusion. So I had to reach out to you. I had to, you know, be humble enough um, because I felt humiliated at the time and embarrassed. So it's time to empower myself so that my son can see me go through this process of develop, being developed into the man that I am today. So I fell in love with the process and I look at myself today and look at myself where I was and I'm, I'm more proud and I'm able to really say that, you know, I'm thankful because i recognized where I was and that place pushed me to being where I am today. Facts, facts, um, which is a perfect segue. So you're no stranger uh, to adversity, challenges, um, defeat, right? Just we, we, all, we all have experienced it on some level. And so tell us a little bit about, uh, to the extent of what you're comfortable, uh, <laughs> a little bit about like just some of, you know, the, the journey and adversity, you know, and really, when the outside world sees this version of Kyle King and it's like, man, like Kyle's the man and people are leaning on you as this leader, but you internally are like, man, I just, I got a lot going on, right? I just, I'm just not where I'm gonna be. Um, just share with us like, number one, what, how do you reconcile with those feelings? And then maybe you know, have a specific example. Um, and then two, like, how did you ultimately overcome those challenges or how do you overcome those challenges? Nah, for sure. Um, you know, one thing that I've learned and uh, one of my mentors taught me this is that um, there's no velocity without vulnerability, right? Um, you know, when I moved to Charlotte, it was with the intention of, you know, getting married to my son's mother. And, you know, we have a lot of times as people, we have all of these great plans and then they don't work out and then we don't know how to bounce back. And you know, that, that happening you, you know, left me in a place of depression and anxiety because I wanted to be able to be this person that I knew Instagram saw me as. Mm -hmm. And then I had to realize that my current reality wasn't the reality that I actually wanted. And I had to re, like, unlearn a lot of the perspectives that I had based upon previous experiences in my family growing up so that I could recreate my new expectations for my life. So first you have to, when you're going through things, you have to first become aware of like, where is this feeling coming from? 
is this my feeling or is this an experience or is this feeling from a previous experience or an expectation that has been put onto me? So once I was more aware, then you recreate and actually take time to feel, take time to heal. And then you're actually able to recreate your life based upon your expectation. Now, when you're recreating your life based upon your expectation, you have to put systems in place because I said that I wanted to be this dope man and this husband, but I'm still out here doing non-husband or non-dope man things. Mm -hmm. And like I said earlier, I had to become a better man in order to be the picture that I wanted to be able to put out in the community. So adversity really just means that you're, you're going through things that are preparing you for where you need to be. So I think a lot of people, you say a lot of people knew Kyle King, but I don't think really people took the time to. I allowed people to see Mr. King, the businessman, the entrepreneur, the seven-time author, but I never really allowed people to understand who Kyle was. And that's because I never took the time to understand who Kyle was. Mm. And there's so many times where, you know, I portrayed this, oh, I got money or I have this or I have this to blind people from the true realities of what I was dealing with inside so that people never really needed to take the time to understand who I really was. So I think through that, I was able to really learn how to align what people portrayed and actually who I was. And now there's more of an authentic and vulnerable version of me that has propelled my success. There's an old saying that says it's not about how much you make, it's about how much you keep. And if I were to ask most people what their biggest bill is, they might say, their mortgage, their rent, their car payment, or maybe daycare. The reality is your biggest expense is taxes. And that's exactly why through my firm, we created a tax savvy strategy to be able to help our business owners save thousands in taxes and redirect that money to help them build wealth. So if you want to learn more about how we use wealthy tax saving strategies with our clients to help them avoid taxes legally and redirect that money towards building wealth, then click the link in the show notes to learn a little bit more. So seven time, seven time author, man. So like a lot of people, they have business. It's almost like, you know, it's funny. Here's the irony because you ran track growing up, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that like a lot of people growing up was like basketball, you know, we got to run to practice football. We got to run to practice your sport is running. And I feel like in business in the same way, right? Like oh, people create content or blogs to complement or drive traffic back to the business. Exactly. You're in the business of writing, right? Literally. Um, <laughs> nowadays in, in microwave society, micro content. I think the funny part is, I think books now more than ever have more credence and more credibility because it's almost like in a, in a culture full of junk food, real literary work is soul food, right? It's like we're so inundated with sound bites and you know imagery, right? That now people have gotten away from. Too many people have gotten away from the real depth and value that you can extract in the intimacy from reading words on the page. And so you're still leaning into that seven books later. And so my question to you is: At what point did Kyle say, wake up one day and say, "I'm going to be an author," right? I'm going to be an author. Yeah, tell us about that. That's a great question. So, you know, I don't believe that I ever thought that I wanted to be an author. Um, you know, when I was, I've always used writing as a, 
um, an opportunity to serve as therapy when I was battling through situations. Um, and I've always been also used writing as um, I've been a really great note taker. So anytime where I'm meeting with mentors, you know, anytime where I'm, you know, in class, I've always wanted to be present and take notes so that I could receive what I'm learning and then I can go back to reflect. So whether it's therapy and using writing as an opportunity to journal or meditate or reflect on how my day went or how I'm feeling, or whether it's reflection in order to advance my career, I've always just wrote things down. And then once I started to learn that, look, this is a word count. You've been writing about mentors and you have you know, 60,000 words from just things that you've learned from other people. Why don't you share these different things with other people? Or when it's therapy and now people would reread my journal entries, it's like, wow, you've been through all of this, but I see the transition. All that is is a story. So I started, so once I got fired, um, cause I got fired from my first job out of college. Um, my book was all I had. And interestingly, a lot of people don't understand this. So when I got fired, I, I lost my company car, computer. They didn't pay me out um, you know, until like the next paycheck and everything. Um, and I was like stuck in my parents' house at the time, like with nothing. And I had all of these words on paper. 30 days later, I, I leveraged pre-sales and then I sold a thousand copies in 30 days to generate $20,000. At that point, I became an author really quickly. Mm -hmm. So what I, what I want people to understand is that there, a lot of times we have all of these thoughts and all of these different things that we never really execute on. Mm -hmm. like, I, I just believe that just put it out and then so you could literally close out your thought and then move to the next thing. So a lot of times we're operating in spaces where we're still talking about or thinking or reflecting about things that were never written down or we're never really um, dealt with, we can never move into the next season of our lives until we close out the thoughts, the, 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 um, the reflections or the experiences of the things that have already passed. So my thing is the knowledge that I learned when I met you, that's in a book and it's already done. So now I'm able to receive when you're now talking about the DARES model and systems and evergreen and all these different things now because my business is now at the point where we're available or ready to scale. So anybody who now touches me and needs something that I wrote in step one, I have a book for that. Now I don't have to give them my time. So I've put a system in place through writing books. So in each stage of your business or in each stage of your life, I have text for you to read instead of you now wanting to deal with me. Because if you want to deal with me, now it comes with a cost. Big cost. <laughs> Big money energy. Young Kyle King. Word. <laughs> um, man, I just think... Yeah, that's that's super dope, and I can't wait to read. I mean, as a matter of fact, so you don't think I'm flexing? Where I put it? I'll put it over there. I had uh, had your book out actually the other day because I had read. I've read all of them, by the way. All the ones that I have is the guy both of the mission plans. I gotta get you the uh, the new ones. Yeah, but um, incredibly proud of you, man. I think I think this, there's something to be said that just just seems so I don't timeless. I think is the word that comes to mind about a book, right? I mean, even me, I have a podcast, right? But I still need to write a book. I've done everything but write a college probably gonna be on my ass after this on this podcast. I'm telling you. <laughs> but actually I'm gonna talk to you about it off the record when we get off this podcast. <laughs> but, but it's something just so and I think that's part because I do things integrity and I do things the right way. I think part of the reason why I've not written my book yet, besides making an excuse, is that I feel like I want that to be it's so it's just something about it seems so permanent. Like I know that you can come out with the different editions, but when I release it, like I want that thing to be like, you know, 
perfect. But I know that's not the right way to think because I preach the opposite when it comes to like building a business. Um, so I'm gonna get it 2021. We're gonna make it happen. For and sure. I'm personally responsible for making it happen. So I think, so like you've been challenging me for years. So I'm gonna challenge you real quick. So okay. I want you to walk me through the process of tying your shoe. If you were about to put on your sneakers right now or your shoes, I want you to walk me through the process of tying your shoe. I guess I'd kneel down a little bit, tie a loop, make a, make a knot, and then pull it through, I guess. I mean, that's, that's how you tie your shoes, right? And how do you know that your shoe is ready and then you're able to move forward? After you finish tying the knot, you just start walking. Exactly. And that's the same process with a book. See, I think a lot of people listening, and you just said it, like, I have to make it perfect. But literally writing a book and getting it to where it's perfect is literally like tying a knot. It's a process that you take people through. If you understand the desired outcome at the front end and you understand like, look, I'm putting this shoe on and then I have to tie the knot so that I can move forward and not trip or not fall or the shoe not be loose. It's the same process with the book. You understand what's the outcome that I want at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And then you're able to actually write the process. You're writing a process, which would serve as your story to be able to get your reader from point A to point B of the result. So just like you have different financial literacy programs, and wealth manage management programs, you're assessing, all right, this is the first step that we'll take before we're getting the, the, to this next step. And then it's this next step because this is the result. So all you would literally be doing is tying the shoe on how to get somebody from that point to that point, because you would know when it's done. Fair enough. Well, the good news is uh, I, have, I have a guy, this guy that I know who's written seven whole books. So it is. <laughs> I, I don't want to hear no excuses when I knock on this door to help me get this thing done. Nah, you, you got it, man. Whatever you need. <laughs> I, already, I already know. You always ask me that question, so I, I have an answer for you. What, what can I do for you? How's the surgery? So yeah. I'm, I got an answer for you, buddy. That's the good news. I got an answer for you. There it is. Um, but no, good stuff. So uh, we are, as of this recording, and this will go live I think, next week. We drop every Friday, as you know. Um, what are you most excited about uh, in 2020? I, I want to confirm something that I think is true. A lot of people have been wanting to cancel 2020. It's like, oh, it's been a bad year. But everybody that's a part of my ecosystem has been winning. 2020, at least financially, has been their best year yet. Almost, almost across the board for everybody that I'm personally connected to. So I'm curious, what is your per perspective on 2020 um, before we talk about what you're most excited about as we close out the year? Um, I think my perspective on 2020 was this was the year that I, and this may be a stretch, but I believe that this was the year that God forced, forced people to look in the mirror. And I say that from this perspective, 2020 was the year where everything was shut down. Mm -hmm. Businesses were shut down, malls were shut down, clubs were shut down. You couldn't go to certain places. All of those distractions that force you not to deal with who you are, not to deal with the person that you really didn't like, to really reassess the people around you, your network of individuals, to really start that business or use an excuse not to start that business, to really see how good you were as an educator or how really you weren't really good at you know, being able to educate people. All of those different things, um, sitting still was the perspective that I gained because I think I've had a lot of pots on the stove always, but when I started operating in the space of like operating in the one thing, I've really been able to 10X my revenue this year. And I've been able to really be more happy. This is the happiest that I've been. This is the most revenue that I've been able to generate. And I honestly believe that I've been able to cultivate a, a solid relationship with my son, 
you know, his mom, my parents, like I've spent quality time with the people that deserve that quality time. So I've used it, this year has been dope. It was the year of being present with yourself in order to actually create the things that you've been talking about that you actually never did. Mm, love it, love it. All right, so Kyle, how are you now? 27? 28. 28, okay, mm -hmm. man, time is flying. I'll, I'll just remember you'd be like 26, I'm like, yeah, you're like 26. No. <laughs> okay, so 28, okay, now, Looking back over the experiences, you still have a lot, a lot more room to grow, which is a phenomenal thing because you've accomplished a lot in your in your head. You had your best year yet this year, but the good news is you still have more room to go. Mm -hmm. um, but that being said, if you think about where you where, where, what you've been able to get to at this point, um, if you were looking back at the Kyle that I met a couple of years ago, what advice would you give him um, for his, the journey that he's about to embark on? Wow. Um, I would, the advice that I would give my old self is learn how to say no and stop being so accessible to the things that can't affirm your success. And why I say that is when you are accessible to everyone, it devalues what you actually bring to the table. Mm -hmm. So one thing that I did a lot is say yes to everything. And every time you say yes to everything, you're saying no to the things that you actually need to be doing. Correct. So I, I think that would be the advice or that would be the suggestion or the charge that I would tell, not even just to my old self, to anybody that's in their 20s and that, that millennial group is when you begin to say no, like really say no to certain things that cannot advance you you begin to really open up the opportunity of advancement and saying yes to things that you never knew that you could have had. 100%, 100%. I love that. Um, so I know currently you mentioned it because I, I, I gave you credit for how dialed in your messaging was. <laughs> you have uh, kind of a, a program that you have now that helps um, aspiring authors or even maybe existing authors who haven't figured out how to get those books off the shelf, right? I remember it was like it was yesterday if you don't mind me sharing, it was like, you know, you were like, man, I've executed all these things. I got all these books and I'm like, I need to be moving more, right, quite frankly. And we had a conversation. I was like, hey, like, try this. And then from there, I feel like the flame, you took it much further than even what I gave you. But like from there, like I started getting the emails. I started like, yo, he got the landing page. He got the arrows. <laughs> like, my man's is lit. And I think from that moment on, uh, you just double down on you in the process but again share us a little i mean i think that probably was the the emergence of what you ultimately were able to create for the people because you got the results and then created a program but tell us a little bit about i guess maybe a little bit about that process that journey and then ultimately uh what that led you to create and what you have available for the marketplace right now i just so even before we get to that i just want to give a quick plug so you know george had me um he held me accountable through this process and this was like right when COVID hit so George was pretty much, he made me send my activity goals and my achievements every single day, literally every single day. And some of the days he didn't respond, but it was really for me. And he said, until you make $1,000 a week consistently, you're going to continue to do that. That same system that he helped me implement now generates me about twenty five dollars to $30,000 a month. So I think that accountability, strategy, and systems from the right person can really be able to advance your business and just be able to advance your life. So I just wanna first thank you for that. So when I launched my first book, 
it took me a while to actually launch it before I actually launched it because insecurity, I didn't feel like, you know, I was worthy enough. You know, I didn't feel like I had enough experience, all of these different doubts. Once I actually launched it, I turned it up with a thousand pre-sales, 30 days, $20,000, and then reinvested all that into a business. And then the rest is history, right? But then through that, it's kind of like you lose your momentum. And then you're sending, you know, books on a shelf and you're not really doing anything. You're not really getting speaking engagements. It's kind of like your books at the beginning when you were excitement now turn into like really cool art pieces on a bookshelf in your home just to say like, hey, I'm dope. I have multiple books. So I put this program together first to teach people how to write books because leaving the educational system, my first thought was, look, a lot of educators have a lot to say, but school systems won't allow them to say it. So I wanted to be able to create a program to teach educators how to leverage their experiences in the classroom to create books that can generate revenue and make more than 30, 40, $50,000 a year, right? Because now as a business, you know, we're generating that a month. So what I started to realize from a business perspective is that now educators, if you're selling a high ticket program, they didn't have the revenue to be able to pay for it. So I had to expand my niche a little bit. Um, so I expanded my niche to speakers, consultants, professionals, entrepreneurs that had an experience or some type of skill set. And then I helped them leverage how to write your books in under 30 days and literally how to write it. I provided them with a calendar and a writing schedule. So people were literally publishing their books in under 30 days. Mm -hmm. So then I'm like, all right, George has me, you know, he taught me this strategy and then I'm started reading Russell Brunson and all these different things. So I just started to just plug and play and I'm using my own experience as this, I'm the guinea pig. So I'm taking myself through all of these different um, ways of selling books. So then I'm selling like 250 books a week. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute, we have something here. So now I need to matriculate and transition the people that were in this, what I call a PM30 program and create an author selling system. Because now I know many authors that aren't moving books. 70 million books are uh, published every single year. But of those books published, usually authors on average sell 250 books for the lifetime of a book. Mm. I was doing that weekly on the same books just by a system. So then I created a five, um, a six step system for current authors to be able to sell their books literally on autopilot using digital, ship, uh, digital systems, drop shipping, how to leverage contracts, influencer marketing. And if we could talk about strategies, I'm, I'll, give, I'll give them the game on here. Oh, yeah. Hey, look, go, go for yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. So like people don't understand like your network is literally like everybody says your net worth, but you know, literally leveraging your current relationships serve as assets. So a quick tap model for any published author out here or any author that's getting ready to launch a book, identify three things, your tiers, and that's the T, it's the tap model. So your tiers are, where is your ideal customer? Where is your ideal reader? Where is that person that you would wanna get this book in front of in some type of system? It could be conferences, trade shows, uh, it could be corporations, businesses, schools, where does that identify? So the tier one is the closest to your ideal market. Tier two is like a little bit um, closer, but not like right there. And then tier three is like your market could be there, but it's a toss up. Then you want to be able to understand your assets. That's the A of the, of the tap model. So your assets are your personal relationships, professional relationships, clients, past clients, anybody that you're connected to that can directly or indirectly or could be one degree further or closer to whoever you're trying to get in touch with. Then you wanna be able to put a process in place. So look, 
I got a book right here. So this book right here, um, Average Sucks by Michael Burnoff, say this was my book, right? What I can do, step one is to write a letter and identify this top 100 list on the tier one, two, three. I want you to write a letter. I want you to get your book. I want you to print your book. And then I want you to ship your book to each individual person on that content, that contact list that's a decision maker. And then I want your assistant, even if you don't have an assistant, get a friend to do it, to reach out to that person in three days and say, hey, did you get the book? And in the actual book, I want you to bookmark a page specific to the content that that conference or that trade show or that corporation needs. So you're providing them with free value. You get books wholesale at $2. It takes $2.83 to ship the media mail. So literally $5 per transaction, you send 100 books, you can get booked to speak for $1,000 or $2,000 each. So I've literally been able to lock in my whole spring calendar in 2021 on speaking engagements just from leveraging my book as a value add. So that's just one quick strategy for y'all. Mm. A bar, all bars, no charge. <laughs> all bars, no charge. I love that. Yeah. That's dope. Well, well, folks, if, okay, well, <laughs> let me ask you this. So you just gave game, right? You just provided value. So now inevitably someone listens to this podcast is going to be like, I got to tap in with Kyle King if I want to get my book out there. So where can people find you or what is the current offer that you have? So that people can, if they want to write their book in 30 days, how can they do that? How can they find you to get that done? Not nah, for sure. So I'm offering a free masterclass um, off for people that are struggling with creating their idea or writing their story. Um, this masterclass will literally take you through the five steps that I've used to be able to write so many books so quickly and then coach dozens of author, other authors. And that's publishmein30.com. So publishmein30.com. And then if there's a current author out there that's having some struggles with actually writing or, or publishing your book or not even publishing, but promoting your book or profiting off of your book, then I need you to go to www.authorsellingsystem.com as well. And I have a six-step e-guide that's completely free. I'm going to give you a free value um, that I want you to tap into as well so that you can learn strategies that I use, how to, you know, identify your avatar, how to investigate potential pain points in a specific niche, you know, how to brand yourself on social media, um, and then the systems, the exact systems that I use from sales copy, sales funnels, and then how do you turn your book into a revenue generating opportunity. Um, so that's authorsellingsystem.com. And then I can be reached on kylesking.com if you want to, you know, be more, you know, connected so that I can give you some strategies as well. Oh, now I'm, I'm glad you uh, you changed your name to your name on Instagram. That was a really good decision. Man, I should, look, man. <laughs> I like how you did that. So look, man, George put me on game, man, because he was saying, you're going to change brands. You're going to you know grow as a business. You're the brand, not just my book or not just what you're currently doing right now. And I think I've seen so much transition as an entrepreneur, but I'm an entrepreneur. I'm Kyle S. King. I'm not this specific name out there because your name may change but your name on your birth certificate will never change 100 most of it well this was a lot of value a lot of game a lot of gems as i expected and so the final question that i ask all of my guests is what does it mean to you to live life uncensored that's a great question it means freedom i mean that's one word i think um when I was out here trying to live society's dreams, school's dreams, my parents' dreams, um, I wasn't able to design the life that I wanted 
and that that was meant for me. And I think you are not just what you eat, you are what you eat eats in a sense. So if I eat steak, but that steak is filled with feces, then I don't care if I spent $150 on a steak at Ruth Chris, I've now put feces in my body. So when I began to redesign my environment, I began to redesign my life. I began to set expectations all from being authentically uncensored so that I could be the best version of who I am so that I could serve my clients better, serve my son better and serve God the best that I can as well. And there you have it folks. Well, man, thank you so much for all the game, all the value and everybody that's listening until next time. Thank you for tuning in to an episode of the Uncensored Show. Take at least one thing you heard today and apply it to your life immediately so that you can become one step closer to living a more meaningful and fulfilling life and aligning your resources to what matters most to you. Remember, money is just a resource to fuel your journey. The question is, what's yours?